bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord of thy substance with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a son, a father the son in whom he delighteth. So again, we'll look at part two, how to stay right with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege of ours to be assembled together tonight, to come in out of the cold and meet together and sing praises unto thy name. And, and Father, we pray as we look into the word of God that you would encourage us and challenge us and help us just to be faithful with the basic things, but yet the most important things, the things that are vital to our very spiritual life our walk with you, we pray. You just give us uh, ears to hear and hearts to obey, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We talked about <clears throat> how to stay right with God. That was, of course, the title of this message. Uh, of course, you know, stay in the book. The Bible is an inspired book. It's inspired. God breathed, uh, given to us by God through his Holy Spirit. It's instructional. It has all things that pertain to life. And godliness, or to be like God, or to please God, is all contained in this book, inside the, page, the covers of this book we call the Bible. And it's invaluable. Uh, it is, is worth more than all the volumes the world put together. So as we think about that tonight, <clears throat> you know, again, it is vital to the Christian life. It's impossible to live a healthy, victorious, successful Christian life without the Word of God. To go together. Just as it's impossible to, to live a healthy life without eating healthy. Uh, you know, if we want victory over sin, victory over fear, to conquer our doubts, to be satisfied, we sang about it just a little while ago, to be content, to, be, to rest in the Lord, uh, we, have to, we have to, all these things come from the Word of God. Through the teaching and preaching of thy Word of God and reading it, you know, Peter tells us we have all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. And we have great, exceeding, precious promises that we can overcome the corruptions in the world through lust. We can add to our faith. That's the idea of growing, going forward. We can be abundantly furnished and not idle, but active, fruitful. Uh, and so, so we have to stay in the book. And, and it was... I want to look at some other things as we think about staying in the book. Uh, we, we, as we uh, uh, looked last week, um, we're going to stay in the book. We have to also learn to trust the Lord. You know, we looked at last week, we looked at the, 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 the uh, inspired book, uh, you know, doctrine, reproof, correction, all those things. But we all ha also, you know, we have to learn to trust the Lord. Now, this is where choices start coming. We have to make choices. 
We have to learn to trust the Lord. Uh, verse 5 says, verse 5 and 6, very familiar verses. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know, a parent that a child can trust is a great help to a child becoming an adult and trusting God. Because really, in a real sense, a father, particularly fathers, fathers are kind of a, of a, they're a picture of our Heavenly Father. And, um, you know, one of the things that helped me in my Christian, in my, has helped me in my Christian life is, if my dad said it, you can bet your boots it was going to happen. Or if he said he was going to do something, you know, if there were, if, if, if he told us there were consequences to certain choices, we guarantee it, there were consequences to certain choices. You know, there, that was good or bad. Uh, there were things that, that I knew that, that dad believed and dad said that it was just, it would, you could just count on it. It's going to happen. He could be trusted. Not only, you know, not only in that respect, but we used to share crop. Um, up until I was 16 years old, we sharecropped another farm. And then we moved and we bought another farm, so we, we didn't do that anymore. But anyway, in, in sharecropping this farm, you know, we got uh, two-thirds of the grain and the owner got a third. And we got half of the hay and the owner got half of the hay. And we bailed, bailed the hay, you know, those bales you handle. Not those big bales you see nowadays. But anyway, <clears throat> Dad was so particular about dividing evenly that when we were baling hay, the last load, when we were dividing up how many loads went here and how many loads went there, if there was a, a half a load, we had to count the bales. He'd make us count the bales. And there, it, it wasn't uncommon for somebody to say, well, you can trust Jeff Ballard. He could be dependent upon. You know, we, we have a heavenly father that we can trust. And we need to learn to trust. Uh, of course, to trust means to believe, to place confidence in, to commit, you know, again, to commit yourself to or commit, you know, so we think about it, you can be, the idea could be here, committing your care to him. Uh, you know, I didn't worry about what I was going to wear. I didn't have the latest fashions and all that, didn't care. Could have cared less at that time. Still could care less for the most part. To chagrin of my wife and my daughter sometimes. But, you know, hey, if my, my, if my tennis shoes are still in good shape, I don't care if they're 10 years old as long as they're in good shape, I'm going to wear them. They may look out of date. They look just fine to me, and they're still comfortable. You know? Anyway, but, but I could trust that my dad was going to take care of all those things. I didn't worry about it. You know, 1 Peter 2, 23, speaking of the Lord Jesus, said that he committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So even in the face of death, he committed himself to the Heavenly Father, knowing his Father would do him right. Now, in doing right, it wasn't easy. But it was right. First Peter four nineteen talks about you know when, during times of persecution or times of of uh, of uh, 
suffering. First uh, Peter four nineteen says, "Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well doing, as unto a faithful Creator." So we need to learn to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. This is this this of course. Uh, there, there's a decision that's required of this. We have to believe God. We have to take Him at His word. Again, it's, it's a choice. It's a decision. The Bible says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Hebrews 11.6 says that we must believe that he is, and that he is the reward of them that diligently seek him. We have to believe him. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed in thee, because he trusteth in thee. So there's a decision that's required here. We have to believe God. We have to also renounce self. Notice verse 5 says, Lean not unto thine own understanding. So we have to believe God. But we have to renounce self. You can't trust yourself. You know, the modern child methodology of training is you need to let the little ones express themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they have what they call terrible twos. And the terrible sons never seems to end. Because <laughs> they are allowed to express themselves. What are, they, what, are you, what are you giving heed to? You're giving heed to the flesh. You're giving it to the flesh. That's what you're doing. No, self is deceitful. Self lies. Self is deceptive. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Paul said in Philippians 3, Have no confidence in the flesh. He said, Though I... Or I could brag about my genealogy. I have no confidence in it. Because what that flesh did was slew me. In other words, it brought me to a place of death. And I had to realize that I needed a Savior. So we have to believe God's word and we have to renounce self. So that's a decision that's required. There's also a devotion demanded here. Notice again in verse 6, he says, In all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways. Uh, God wants us in every area of life to commit ourselves to him, to be devoted to him, to acknowledge him, his will, his desires. Uh, We are to submit ourselves to him in everything, you know, the keeping of our souls. Even when we don't have it all figured out. There's a lot of things in life I don't have figured out. You know, sometimes you 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 may be you may be forced, not forced isn't a good word. Well, but you are. You're put in a place where you've got to make a decision and, and you're looking at it and you're saying, if I make that decision, I'm not sure if that's gonna come out okay. From a human standpoint. But see, devotion requires that we obey God, irregardless of how it appears it may come out. 
how appears it is that the issue isn't right in the sight of God. Lots of men in the Bible and women in the Bible made decisions based solely on what God said, even though it didn't look like there was a good possible outcome. That's what devotion requires. There's a, there's a direction that must, we must follow. Verse, verse 6 again says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, there, to me, there's a progression here. If we, if we uh, acknowledge him in all of our ways, then he will direct our path. Look at Psalm 37. <clears throat> Psalm 37. Verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and here it is, and he shall bring it to pass. So if we commit our way to the Lord, and all our ways acknowledge him, he'll direct or bring about his will in our life as we commit ourselves to the Lord. Um, verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth. Here is, is to delight thyself also in the Lord. You know, the problem with the ten spies is they didn't delight themselves in the Lord. That was a problem. They weren't devoted to doing God's will irregardless of how it appeared. Because it didn't appear very good from a human standpoint. So God gives us direction to the ones that sit. So you have a, you have a decision... You have devotion, and then you have the direction. Now, let me try and illustrate those three things. Go to, go to Acts 27 for just a moment. Acts 27. Acts chapter 27. Verse 25. And here you have a difficult situation. Verse 25 says, of course, Paul's, Paul's in the storm on his way to Rome. He's in the, they're in the storm. And uh, he says in verse 25, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. There's the decision. I believe God. That it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. When the 14th Night was come as we were driven up and down in Adria about midnight. The shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. So here you have Saul, Paul says, you know, I believe God. And then he says, it shall be even as it was told me. There's his devotion. So he said, I believe. That's his decision. He, did, he made a choice. I'm going to believe what God said. And I'm devoted to what he said because he said it would be even as he told me. I'm determined to follow that word. And here the direction is we're going to be cast upon an island. So we are going to hit land. Now they did it with 
floating on boards and swimming to shore, those that could. Paul's trust was rewarded. You know, the shipmen were ready to give up. They had thrown everything out of the sea. Um, But Paul was so sure about this, he told them, look, it's been 14 days. You've fasted. It's time to eat something. We're about to land. That's really what he's saying. We're about to land. Based solely on the fact that the Lord told them. Go to Numbers chapter 13. We see an Old Testament illustration of this. Numbers 13. <clears throat> the life of Caleb. Numbers 13. Of course, the 12 spies have gone in. They've come back out. They've brought their, the uh, 10 have brought their evil report. In verse 30 it says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So there's his decision. You know, God had told Moses, and Moses told the children of Israel, you know, I'm going to give you this land. Now go in and possess it. So they send in the 12 spies, and there's giants in the land. There's walled cities. There's chariots of iron. Israel didn't have any chariots. They didn't even have weapons of war. I mean, clear up till Saul's day. The only people that had swords were Saul and Jonathan. The rest of them fought with farming tools. You know, how would you like to go to battle with a pitchfork? I mean, I, I could put some, put some pain with a pitchfork. <laughs> Did it my brothers a couple of times, but, you know, uh, <laughs> not that smart. But, you know, but anyway, uh, you, could, you could do some damage with pitchfork. But against a sword or spears and chariots? But Caleb decided, I don't care what they have. God said he's going to give us the land. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. That's a decision he made. He made it. And in chapter 14, we see his devotion so they all rise up against him and Joshua. And in verse 6, it says, And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. You know, again, he's he's going on what the word of God said to him, on his decision, and he's, he's, he he and Joshua are so, they're, they're, they're standing against the whole nation, the two of them, the whole, you know, all the other ten spies. I don't care what the rest of you do. This is what I believe. Let's go do it. And verse four, or verse twenty-four, he gets his direction. My servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, hath followed. Followed me 
whom will I bring into the land where unto he went, his seed shall possess it. Verse 30, Doubtless ye shall not come into the land, concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. So Caleb gets direction. Caleb and Joshua get direction. They know that someday they're going into the land. Guess what the rest of them did? Wandered around like lost people for 40 years till they all died. Not going anywhere. How many people just wander around in life, don't know where they're going, have no direction, don't know what the will of the Lord is? Do you know why? Because they're not obeying what they know to be right right now. They haven't decided, I'm going to obey God right now. So they just wander through life, not knowing. Oh, Caleb knew. And of course, and you have the opposite here, uh, unbelief. Their decision was in verse 31, where it says, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So again, they're not, their, their decision is not based on what God said or the word of God is. Their decision is based on what they see in people. Now, it's interesting that jo- or that uh, Caleb says here in verse 9 that their defenses depart from them. Do you remember what Rahab said to the spies that went in to spy out Jericho? She said, when we heard, our hearts did melt because of you. You see, they're, they're looking at Everything from a human's perspective. I mean, there's walled cities. There's chariots. There's weapons of war. And there's giants. That's something to be afraid of. And so they make their decision based on what they see, not what they heard from the Lord. And they also made a decision based on what they see on earth, looking at men, and not what they've seen God do on earth. I mean, these are the same people that saw that there's Red Sea part. And all those Egyptians laying dead on the shore. I mean, they've already, the Lord has already for them defeated the strongest army in the world. they have no devotion, look at verses 1 through 4 of Numbers 14. It says, And all the congregation leaves up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Would God we had died in this wilderness? Wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return in Egypt. You know what unbelief does? It brings you back into slavery. That's why they. Can you imagine wanting to go back to being a slave after you've been free? That's sort of like an alcoholic after he's been free from alcohol for years wants to go back and be addicted to that again. 
something something wrong with it. And of course, they have no direction. They, verse 29 says, Their carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number. For 20 years old, you shall not come into the land concerning I swear to make you dwell therein. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. And, and verse 33, And your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years, and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in this wilderness. So that's what unbelief does. There's no devotion, no direction. But see, we have to make a decision to trust the Lord. It all starts with a decision. We either trust God or not. We need to take him at his word. God can be trusted. God does keep his word. Uh, we also need to learn to fear God. Verse 7 and 8 of our texts, Proverbs 3 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 9, verse 10, again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Uh, we need, again, we need to learn to fear God. Uh, Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning. You know, so we need, to, we need to learn to fear God. And of course, again, I think this is, this is ingrained in us at home. Until I was, I still fear my dad in some ways. I don't think about it anymore. You know, he's 90 years old. He ain't going to give me a whooping anymore. But I have respect for him. You know, it wasn't that I was afraid to be around him when I was younger but I was afraid to do certain things it's a healthy fear it's a healthy fear you know the Bible tells us in many places that we need to fear God we need to fear God and the word fear simply means to be afraid to be afraid Psalm 89, verses 6 and 7. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence to all them, of all them that are about him. Uh, we ought to greatly fear God. You know, the, the modern philosophy in churches today is, well, you know, God's a God of love and we don't need to be afraid of him. Sorry, that's not found in the Bible. God is a God of love, but he's also a God of holiness, and he's to be feared. He's to be reverenced. He's not just, quote, the man upstairs. You know, I never called my dad the old man. Like I, one, one of my friends said, yeah, I wanted to keep my teeth in my mouth. No, wasn't that, it, that wouldn't have happened, but 
But I had enough fear and respect for my dad that I never talked to him like that or about him like that. And we ought not, you know, we should, we should, and again, I had a, it was a, it's a thing of respect or reverence, and we ought to have that same reverence for careful how we talk about him or how we use his name. I don't particularly like to tell jokes about God. It just seems irreverent. You know what? The Bible tells us not to take the name of the Lord in vain or use it empty in an empty way. You, you, know, you can do that when you pray. Lord bless and Lord bless and Lord, you know, and every other word is Lord. It's good. That's using the Lord's name as a filler. Just talk to the Lord like you would talk to. God wants us to talk to him like we would talk to somebody that we know in a personal relationship. And if you were talking to somebody in a personal that you know personally, you wouldn't use their name every other word. They'd say, hey, come on here. Um, relax. Be yourself. And we need to fear God. Hebrews 10 tells us that, that our God is a consuming fire. I'm sorry, that's Hebrews 12. Uh, Psalm 19, verse 9. The fear of the Lord, you know, and here's the effect of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. See, it's the fear of God that will... Cause us to forsake or stay away from sin. Now, I, I know we live in the South. I like going out on a lake. But I'm honest with you, I'm not real excited about it here. Because I hate snakes. I don't particularly like go fishing in ponds. I don't particularly like go fishing, period, here. You know why? It's not that I don't like snakes. It's that I'm afraid of snakes. The only good snake is a dead one. I don't even like those. No, I have this fear of snakes. No, crazy Nathan over here will pick them up, but not me. I have a shovel, gets in two. Very quickly. Um, and so because I fear snakes, guess what I do? I stay as far away as possible. See, if we fear God, we'll stay as far away as possible from that which displeases him. We'll stay as far away as possible. Uh, when Romans 3 describes the wickedness of man, it concludes it in verse 18 by saying this, there is no fear of God before their eyes. So it gives a whole list of things that the fruits of the wickedness of man and the, and the reason men do wickedly is they don't have any fear of God. 
And the less, you know, we, we have become so flippant about it in our society, and that's why wickedness is, has been escalating for the last 50 years in particular. You know, it, it used to be, I haven't seen these recently now that I think about it, but, but there, um, 20 years ago maybe, you see these stickers on windows, no fear, on, on pickup trucks, you know, and bumper stickers, no fear. I mean, they don't fear anybody or anything. No fear. Yeah. No, we need to fear God. So we need to learn to fear Him. It notice it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to those thy bones. It, it will it will it will give you a quality of life. It will keep you from the corruption that is in the world through lust. Uh, we need to honor God. Verse nine and ten. I have to hurry. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. We need to honor the Lord. The word honor, again, has the idea of obeying willingly. You know, we say obey with a happy spirit, with a good attitude. I've said this, you know, if you can't give your tithe and offering joyfully, with a good attitude, you might as well keep it. You might as well keep it. Because you're not going to get any reward for it. Because you're giving it grudgingly. If God wants us to give a give cheerfully. Give cheerfully. Uh, he desires that we give to him, but he wants us to give he wants us to give our life cheerfully. Every area of our life cheerfully. Willingly. It's like we want our children to obey us with a good attitude. You know, children, obey your parents. And then it says, honor the Lord. Honor thy parents. Honor thy father and mother. And again, that's obey with a good attitude. Not, not doing just what's expected or required, but honoring is to go beyond that. And, and again, this is, this is, I believe, the, the fruit of devotion or a heart of love for the Lord. If we love the Lord, we'll, do, we'll go beyond the call of duty. What is just required of us? So honor, honor the Lord, honor God. We'll learn to... Learn to appreciate his correction, verse 11, 12. My son, despise not the chasing of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected, even as a son, the father, in whom he, notice, delighteth. God delights in us. You know, Proverbs 8 tells us that, that his delights was with the sons of men. God delights to fellowship with his cre- creatures, his creation. Now, I'm not talking about the dogs and the cats. Talking about man. Dogs and cats don't have a spirit. They don't worship God. Sorry for the you know the or the animal lovers. There's no doggy heaven. No, I'm not giving pet blessings. You got to take them to the Baptist Church down Raleigh. Uh. 
No, God's delight is with the sons of men, and we need to learn to appreciate his correction. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verses uh, 67 and 71, it says, Psalm 119, verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. And then verse 71 says, It is good for me that I have been inflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. If sometimes we can be a little stubborn, uh, not me. You know, they always used to say, you can always tell a biler, you just can't tell them anything. Yeah, we can be a little stubborn. We can all we all desire to do our own thing, if we're honest. I always said, you know, this was always my excuse. Stubbornness is not a good not a, always a bad thing. If you're standing for something that's right, you need to stick at it. But that's not really stubbornness. That's devotion. Uh but, you know, we can be a little bit stubborn. We can resist the Spirit of God working to bring about change in my life. You know, none of us like change. But life is about changes. And we need to learn to accept the changes or the challenges that God brings into our life with grace. You know, Paul, Paul the Apostle, suffered an affliction, which he didn't like. Three times. You know, Paul who prayed and, and through him healing was bestowed on others, three times asked, Lord, take this from me. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. And then Paul said this, most gladly, therefore, I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And he said that this, and he learned that that affliction was given him lest he would be exalted in measure. You know, I don't, we don't know for sure what that affliction was. Maybe it's an eyesight problem, and I, and I think it probably was because of things he said. And you remember when he was struck down on the road to Damascus, uh, then later when he was baptized, there were scales. Came off his eyes, like burned. So it's very probable that it was an eye affliction. And, and history, some histories say that he was, very ugly to look at because of it. So maybe the Lord allowed him to be ugly so people wouldn't think he was a God. So lest he be exalted above measure. So he learned to appreciate or accept God's and out of those afflictions, 
he gave us. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, I believe Hebrews, Titus, Philemon. See, we need to learn to appreciate. God corrects us because he loves us and because he desires to bring about change in our life that will please him and is always for our good. It's for our good. So, we need to stay right with God, but it is a choice. You're going to have to make some, you have to, you know, in the new year, you know, this past year's choices aren't going to do for this year. You have to make those choices again. And maybe even greater ones. Maybe even bigger ones. But if we'll simply follow the basic things that God has given us to stay in the Word of God, spend time in the Word of God, uh, hearing it expounded. You know, that's why church attendance is so important. Hearing the Word of God explained and expounded. Helps us to understand what it means and apply it to our life. So might God help us as we face the new year, as it is upon us, that we might continue to walk with him and have his blessing on our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time of your word tonight. Thank you for the instruction that it gives us. And Lord, I pray you to help us as your people here at Lighthouse Baptist Church as we walk into this new year, as we face the challenges and the blessings that are ahead of us, should you tarry. Help us to keep our eyes focused upon you. Help us decide to trust you, follow you, to be devoted to your word, no matter what the cost. Direction your blessing in our lives. We'll thank you for it. We pray in Jesus' name.